0: Hi everyone, welcome back to nonfiction November. So because November is a slightly longer month and we have one extra week, and I believe that I mentioned this at the end of last week's episode, but this week's episode, which is sort of that bonus episode, is I'm gonna be doing a book review on an Audible Listen this month. So I've mentioned this plenty of times in the past, but if you've somehow missed it, I listen to Audible books just entirely on my own. It's something that I do for fun. And the reason that I don't do reviews on them or try and incorporate it a little bit more, sometimes I do here and there, but the reason that it doesn't play maybe more of an integral role in terms of the content and things that I talk about is because I am extremely picky when it comes to Audible listens. Whereas with physical books, I read everything and anything. And I want that to be more of the focus for Brutally Honest Books, where we're covering all sorts of different genres, books for all sorts of different readers. And if I'm somebody who is so particular and picky about Audible listens, then obviously that's just not going to be a great fit because that type of content is going to be really, really finite and really niche. But something that I do do, and if you follow along on Instagram or on TikTok at Brutally Honest Books or Brutally Honest Book Club, then you will have noticed this, you will have picked up on this. These are pretty popular videos that I put out, which is a screen recording of whatever audible listen that I listened to that month because I don't want the content to go entirely to waste and I usually like a lot of the audiobooks that I listen to. So I do still want to share it in some capacity. So I do share like a short or really moving quote or snippet from the audiobook that I listened to that month. So you can always find that content. And if you are following on Brutally Honest Book Club on TikTok, I also do little mini reviews of the Audible listens. So again, it's just not something that I'm making officially a part of the podcast, something that I regularly talk about on here, but you can find, you know, those screen recordings and those little mini reviews. So since I do listen to them regularly and I do still share a little bit of the content on a you know, regular basis here and there. I figured this would be a good episode for November, especially because I did listen to a nonfiction book. So it also fits into our theme. So as you will have already seen from the title of this episode, the book that I listened to this month is You're Not Listening, What You're Missing and Why It Matters by Kate Murphy. And this is a book that was actually recommended to me because what I also do is occasionally if I'm really stumped and I can't really find like an audiobook that I want to listen to, I'm not really sure what I should listen to. Sometimes I do open it up to like a poll or a little suggestion box on Instagram and kind of ask you guys, have you listened to anything good? Is there an audiobook I should listen to? And this is one that was suggested to me by one of you guys. And it has been a while to be clear. I think it's been several months. It's sort of been sitting in my library because I did buy it right after it was suggested or used up my Monthly credit, but it was sitting in my library for a while. And I was like, you know what? It's nonfiction November. Let me just listen to something that's sort of in this category. It's a little bit, you know, kind of self-helpy or brain science or behavioral science. Like, I'm interested, right? And I just want to give a shout out to whoever suggested this. If you are listening to this episode, I love you. This is probably the best recommendation I've ever gotten. And I'm just going to jump to the chase right now and say that this is my book that I think every single person should read or listen to. Because that is a question that I end every interview with where I ask my guests, you know, what is one book everybody should read? So if I were to answer that question, this is mine. And this is probably going to be a book that I will never shut up about. So obviously this is going to be a five-star read, which is actually pretty cool because I believe that we've had like a five-star month this month. So that's great. But like with every episode, let me just get into kind of the structure of the book likes dislikes or notes etc etc and who I think this book is good for so you kind of know what to expect and even though I think this is a book for everybody I don't even think it matters what I'm about to tell you because I think you should just trust me and just give it a listen or read right away but I will still give you a little bit more insight as to what to expect from this book so as I mentioned it's written by Kate Murphy who is a journalist and this was actually published in 2020 so not too long ago So, on the surface, this book seems really obvious. It's essentially about why everybody has, is, and is slowly becoming bad listeners. And I think to a lot of people, that's very obvious because we have this phrase I don't know if you've heard it before but it's like nobody's listening, everybody's just waiting for their turn to talk. And I remember first hearing that phrase as a teenager and like, my head exploded, my consciousness expanded. I was like, oh my God, it just completely opened up my worldview in a lot of ways and kind of exposed like this truth. So this is not a new idea. This is not a novel idea. This is something that kind of everybody knows and has kind of heard at some point or another. So like I said, it seems obvious, right? Like we're all really bad listeners and we're essentially just kind of waiting for our turn to talk. That is really sort of the central focus of this novel and Kate Murphy it just brings in so many different things into this book and that's what makes it so interesting as a listen. So, I don't know if I'm going to get the exact order of these things correct, like I might be saying them slightly out of order, but some of the different things that she brings into this book are the consequences of not being a good listener. Why? This is something that's kind of like I guess peppered in throughout at different points in the book, but essentially why that's such a bad thing. It does go hand in hand with technology. And again, that's something else that she brings into is sort of this you know, tech boom, social media usage and how that plays a role. How being a bad listener actually makes you a bad storyteller as well. How it majorly affects us connecting with other people. And you might think, yeah, duh, obviously if you're not listening, you're not connecting. But she goes into it on a deeper level because she actually gets into brain science. So for example, if two people are actually listening to one another, actually engaging with one another, feeding off of what each person is saying, their brain waves actually sync up. It's really incredible. So that's something else that she does is really bring in actual science. And she doesn't do this entirely on her own with all of these different things. She also cites and or interviews other experts or uses other experts' studies that they've done to support her overall narrative and her overall point as to why we're not listening and why it is such a bad thing. And that might sound like this book is a little bit doom and gloom or a little bit negative. And that's not the case. Maybe if you're a glass half empty kind of person, maybe you kind of read that in what she's saying, but that was not my impression at all, just to be clear. Like, yes, there are some major things that need to be addressed and behaviors that need to be changed and things we really need to be aware of because of social media usage and because of this ever increasing trend of shortened attention spans and this lack of this ability to just sit and listen and patience and all of those things. But she's really explaining the why as to why that is the case, why that is happening, and just why it's so important to be a good listener. So I actually found it more inspirational than anything because of the connections that you can have and how you can sync up brainwaves and whatever and those things when you do listen to somebody. There are so many positives that she includes when you actively work towards being a good listener. You're essentially liked more by people. You become a better storyteller. Your listening comprehension, your vocabulary goes up. There's so many positives. So personally, maybe I'm just more of a glass half full type of person, but I found this to be a very inspirational and aspirational listen. And she's also incredibly understanding as to why we've gotten to this point and what it kind of takes to change. So she's a journalist and she talks about how this is a skill that she needs to practice, but she even openly admits at the start of the book that she's not perfect at it. She addresses the fact that, you know, I'm not perfect. It's something that I always need to keep in mind and I can always be working towards and to be better at. So that's really nice to hear. And she also just kind of talks about for for everybody that essentially what it is, is it's a muscle that requires training and flexing. And there's not really such a thing as somebody being just naturally a better listener than somebody else. Personally, I think it's something where everybody's kind of born on a spectrum. So let's use like artistic ability as an example. So everybody kind of is maybe naturally born somewhere along that spectrum where somebody can immediately kind of pick up a pencil and whip out a sketch or something. And it's much more impressive than somebody who can do just like stick figures and that's it. But even the person who was born more artistic isn't just picking up a pencil and drawing the Mona Lisa, right? That person still requires regular practice and work at said skill, even if they were born slightly more on one side of that spectrum. So I think it's the same thing with listening, right? So maybe somebody is just naturally more inclined to be a better listener, but it's a skill that everybody has to practice. And I think this book also makes it clear that it kind of takes a little bit of the blame off of people's shoulders in like an individual sense. So if you're somebody, let's say that you know that you're a really bad listener, but it kind of makes it clear that there are a lot of factors at play. So one, you might have been born... You know, closer to one side of that spectrum that I was talking about. But there are other things at play as well, like technology shortening our attention spans. So she cites an actual study for this. This isn't just something that she just says and throws out there, but essentially this is actually really scary. Our attention spans have on average and in general decreased to the point of being one second shorter than a goldfish's because a goldfish has the attention span of nine seconds. And apparently we've gone from 12 down to eight, which is shocking and upsetting. But there's also other factors at play, like you could have been born with ADHD. And again, there's so many environmental factors. And if you're not conscious of this and practicing this, it's just very easy to kind of slip to that one side and become a worse listener. But she also brings in certain things at the same time that are within your control that are maybe contributing to you being less interested. So Okay, so for example, if you've ever sat there and somebody's telling a story and they're a really bad storyteller, it's just slow, it's boring, or they start to ramble and they're just including all these extra details. I don't know, I could be one of them. That could be these podcast episodes. But essentially, what she's also able to shine a light on at the same time is that if somebody's a bad storyteller and you're the one listening and you're like, yeah, well, they're boring or they're rambling, and that's why I'm not a good listener because they're not a good storyteller. Well, then she goes, okay, well, you kind of need to hold a mirror to yourself because have you ever been telling a story where the person you're telling the story to is not listening, isn't engaged with the story, wants you to hurry up, thinks you're you know going on and on. And what that does is that makes you a worse storyteller, right? So this ends up becoming a little bit of like a closed loop system. So then that person is feeding off of your reactions because that's what conversations are. It's this two-way channel basically. So they're also feeding off of that. So then if you're giving them that negative energy or like you're bored or whatever, they're going to start to ramble. They're going to start to kind of grasp at straws in their storytelling because of the energy that you're giving them. So in general, it's kind of connected to this, but also in general, she does give you a lot of practical tips as to how to be a good listener. It's not just you know sort of exposing this and then dropping it there. There is advice as to how to practice this skill. And on the surface, they seem obvious, but honestly, because of these environmental factors or just the cultural shift, these things do still require practice. So some of those things are putting away a phone entirely. I think this one at this point is pretty common knowledge, but even if a phone is like sitting on a table, even if the phone is off, it still has been, you know, proven through studies and things that it is still a distracting factor that actually affects the communication between two people. So phones actually have to be like out of sight. There's also a lot in terms of eye contact. Something else she gets into, this was really fascinating. And I think I need to go back and listen to this chapter because I want to make sure that I really understand this correctly. But my understanding at this point in time is that your right ear and your left ear actually pick up, uh, they essentially listen differently. So they pick up different things. And so again, my understanding is that the right ear actually picks up on more emotional cues, more tonal things that are being said. And again, she gets into the structure of the ear and the anatomy and the science behind this. She's not just throwing this out there and just making these claims, but the left ear is also able to tune out maybe more of the emotion and listens in the more like logical, rational, like what's being said sort of logistically. So again, this is a chapter I need to go back and listen to, but it's something that's interesting because I noticed this for myself is that sometimes when you're listening, you'll kind of cock your head to one side and use one ear over the other. And it's something that's just like a subconscious movement or shift of the head. And it's not something that we consciously think about typically, but if you're also somebody that maybe when you pick up the phone, you hold the phone to one ear or the other And again, that's kind of a subconscious way for your brain to, depending on who you're talking to or what's being said, to subconsciously choose one ear over the other based on who you're talking to or the information that is being said, right? So I think she used one example of a woman who uses her left ear whenever she's like in a work environment, right? Because that's logic, it's taking emotion out of the equation, or the inverse is when she's talking to somebody in her life, like her mother, or let's say a boyfriend, using the right ear. And I just thought that that was so fascinating. So there are some things in this book that are maybe a little bit less obvious. But again, you really do walk away with practical knowledge as to how to be a better listener. And I found it very inspirational and aspirational as to wanting to be a better listener. And I'm so glad that I got this recommendation and decided to listen to it this month. Because I think if you read or listen to any book by the end of the year, like let's say... You've been kind of slacking, or you just at least want to read or listen to something before the start of the new year, it should definitely be this book. Because, one, it's just great to listen to at any point in time, especially if you want to get something in by the end of the year. But I think it's also just really appropriate for the start of the new year. We're going to have all of these. Like Whether you love them or hate them, we are going to have resolutions and things like that. I don't think that they're inherently negative or a bad thing, even if you don't really participate. There's nothing wrong with wanting to start off the new year with this skill because you only have everything to gain from it, whether it be in your personal life or even in a work environment. And it's also not that long. So if you are worried about a book keeping your attention and keeping your focus, this one really keeps it on the short side of things, or at least the average side of things. So if you're listening to this on Audible or just an audiobook format, I believe that it's around six hours long. And then if you do buy the physical version of the book, it's only 278 pages. So again, about the average length of a book starting to air on the short side, actually. So nothing but good things to say for this book. I don't really think that I have any notes whatsoever or anything that I disliked about this book. Maybe there just could have been a few more practical tips because it does talk a lot about like the science of things, but there are other books for that. I'm actually going to be listening to some on Audible as well. And if they turn out to be good listens, I'll do some sort of post, maybe reminding you guys of this and connecting it to this, where if you want like a book that's just practical tips and how to's and things like that those types of books exist like i said that is a part of this book absolutely but i guess that's the only thing that because i was so inspired by this book and wanting to be a better listener and understanding why it's such a bad thing i think personally i would just enjoy even more tips and even more practical advice that i can go out and use But who is this book good for? So like I said, literally everybody and not a single person shouldn't listen to this book or read this book. But if we want to kind of fine tune that a little bit more, people I think this is especially good for would actually be parents or people who know that they want to have children, because that's something else that Kate Murphy gets into, which is actually, you know, the dynamic between a parent and a child or family relationships And why it's so crucial to their development in terms of, like I said, things like vocabulary, their ability to be good storytellers, but also in terms of their attachment styles, it plays a huge role in their development in that sense and as they grow up and be people in the world. And again, she really gets into the science of that, the explanation of that. I'm not going to do that, but that is a part of the book. And I found that particularly interesting. So this is great for parents, wannabe parents. This is also great, I think, for anybody who likes Adam Grant books. He has a lot of things that are also kind of on behavioral things, kind of bringing our attention to certain things. So some of his books are Thinking Fast and Slow. That one was a very popular book. It's essentially, you know, about our brain's ability to think fast and slow. I'm not going to go into that book because that's not what this episode is about. But he also has another book, Think Again. And that one I really want to read. I understand what the premise is about. Very interested. Essentially what it's about is understanding and even admitting what we don't know and the power in that. And that one pairs so perfectly with this book because this one is about being a good listener, right? Admit what you don't know, be curious and open-minded because you can learn from other people if you listen to other people. You don't gain anything from pretending to know something or even by leading somebody on in a conversation by, you know, shaping it to get the response that you want or to make yourself seem more knowledgeable, right? So, the example I'm about to give is kind of bringing in both books. But if you've ever had that type of conversation or been the one to do this, I think we've all done this at some point. When you say, Oh, that's right, you know, isn't that that thing that blah, 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 right? And you're kind of proving to somebody how much you know something, or you're trying to kind of get the response that you want rather than just leaving it completely open ended and saying, I know nothing about that actually. Can you tell me about that? Or it can also be appealing to somebody in a more emotional sense where it's, you know, how do you feel about that, right? It's just really leaving room for the conversation to be open-ended to connect with somebody and then bringing in Adam Grant's book. It's also to admit what you don't know so that you can also learn from other people. So I don't know. I hope that made sense. It was a little bit all over the place, but I think this is great for people who have read or enjoy Adam Grant's books. This is also a great book for anybody who liked Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think just because that book, while it's not, directly related in terms of topics it is a great sort of self-help book goes into behavioral science as well and kind of how to break bad habits how to form good habits again really bringing in behavioral science neuroscience so very similar to this book in that way but again overall a great listen and one that i think everybody should make the effort to listen to or read And I think that concludes the book reviews for Nonfiction November. Be sure to stay tuned for next week. We're going to end the month with a classics and cocktails like we do every single month. So be sure to stay tuned for that. As always, that's just an informal summary of a classic work of literature told in a very approachable way, you could say. So if you are interested, be sure to check that out next week. I also do drink recipes inspired by the classic work of literature. So that will also be on the social media channels. And those are Brutally Honest Books on Instagram and Brutally Honest Book Club on TikTok. So be sure to check those out for all sorts of other content that I also give you in between episodes as well. And if you feel so inclined, the biggest way to support me and the podcast and what I do is to scroll down to the bottom and leave five stars. That is so immensely appreciated. And on that note, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like this show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest books.